This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Working moms have way too many to-dos. Switch to H&R Block and have an expert do your taxes for you. Block guarantees 100% accuracy and your max refund or your money back. And with your no-surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even meet with a tax pro in a Block office or online from home. So take a breath, moms. This tax season is better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com forward slash guarantees. And hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave and I'm one of the two hosts of this new and riveting podcast. Ooh, and I'm Rich and I'm the other host of this new and riveting podcast. Mm. Think of me as Neo to Dave's Trinity. I've got a slightly greying beard and he looks surprisingly good for his age. (laughs) I thought it was going to be saying about me being in leather, but okay. (laughs) The premise of Unequal Sequel was very simple. We asked their guests for their best ever sequel, worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we quite often drift off and talk about other things, movies, life in general, the state of the nation, everything. We do spoil movies, but most of the time these these movies are quite old. But if you don't want to know about one of the films we mentioned or are talking about, just skip that section and move along and it will be fine. On today's episode, we are joined by Josh Weller. Josh Weller is a brilliant upcoming young comedian. He is incredibly funny. Uh, hopefully you've, you've managed to catch some of his stuff. He does really, really funny little videos online um, where he mocks various people. Uh, we're very excited to sit down with Josh and talk all things sequels with him. These are Josh Weller's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy. What was the first sequel you got excited about? Ghostbusters 2, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, Why? Yeah. How old were you? Yeah. Tell us everything. I mean, I was... It, I, I just... Ghostbusters 2 is just... I don't really know. It was. It's just always... It was always in my life, yeah. you know? Hmm. As soon as I was started watching films, that it was the one that was... It, it, it just ex- kind of existed. I had like... Um, for that early part of my life, I was in uh, Malaysia. Nice. And uh, our, my grandparents would send us like VHS tapes and we would never know what was going to be on it. And uh, some of it would be really, really good stuff. And then other months we'd just get like absolute crap. And the <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 was the first sequel and I was like, ah, because I knew Ghostbusters just so through and through. Yeah. And I also think I recognized, I obviously like I recognized that it was all the same cast which obviously like not all sequels have that and mm. i also like the music and obviously like so i think subconsciously i you can kind of feel that, that it's the same director mm. 
and I think that I really responded to it. And I, I also the the ooze as well. Like the, it's a movie with pink goo. Yeah. So the, the ooze. Yeah. yeah. So when you're um, the magnetheric um, mood slime or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> so like that that was like a big a big big film. But obviously it it's not as good as the first one. Obviously. Controversial. Richard, I agree <laughs> with you. Um, how old were you? I think I was five. Five. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not as good, but it's a, it is a brilliant sequel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many people that don't like it, and they're all wrong. I completely agree with that. <laughs> I don't I trust those people. I don't. No. I don't. I don't see anything wrong with Ghostbusters Two. It it takes the characters. You learn more about them. It's just as fun as the first one. I loved when I was little the walking talk. Well, not walking, talking the walking uh, Statue of Liberty with you know the music. That mm. that was that was brilliant. Um, was there a big gap between seeing the first one and the second one, or was it? pretty no i think they were pretty close together because i wasn't born when the first one came out i was just born when the second one came out so i didn't see either of them till the early 90s yeah oh wow so you had to wait a little bit yeah that one also teenage mutant ninja turtles um two and three were were really good ones for me as well is the third one when they go to japan yeah in retrospect not aged great um (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I ever really uh, remember seeing it. I remember going to see that was one of the first cinemas, cinema trips for me, going to see the first Turtles, but I don't really remember the other two. And sadly, no one's picked them yet, so I can't uh, enjoy them. Do you know them. what? I mean, this is... The the viewers won't be able to see this, but I do actually have the three... A Teenage Mutant <sighs> oh, Ninja three Turtles 3, Japanese Michelangelo, <laughs> where he's in samurai uh, costume. Now, is that a recent um, buy, or is that something from your childhood? That's all. They're all from my childhood. The only recent ones I have, so I have all my Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters and stuff. Uh, the only recent ones is I lost my uh, my Ghostbusters Winston. Right. Um, so I bought him, and he's still in the box. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And then the other only recent purchase is my. I have like a in the box uh, Jean Luc Picard next gen. Nice. Nice. But it for any. If are you guys like how are you guys Star Trek fans? I can appreciate Star Trek. Yeah. So there's an episode, there's a very famous Star Trek episode, Next Generation episode called um, uh, oh fuck, what's it called? Um, uh, ja- uh, Jalad, is that what it's called? It's the it's an episode where Picard and a captain are thrown onto a planet together, and they both speak different languages, and Picard has to learn Darmak and Jalad at Tanagra. That's what it's called. Right, Darmok and Jalad. And in that episode, it's the first episode where he wears a, like a velvet coat. That's the same. You know, he has the red thing. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason in this episode, it's a coat. Oh, right. And apparently Patrick Stewart was like, he should have some casual attire. And they were like, all right, season five, do what you want. And the toy is that one. Oh, nice. So I was like, yeah, it's, it's so nerdy. It's so. I love it. I love it. I love it when they take a toy and they make it of a very specific bit of the show. It's so ridiculously specific. Did you go hunting for that toy? I was just looking on eBay. I'm a really, I'm not a big like collector of, of, of that stuff. I just have a few from my childhood and then I bought two new ones. But like, um, I just, I'm, I'm a really bad drunk eBay person like 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 i bought when i did my first job on tv and got like my first like paycheck that was like from comedy my mum was like hey you should absolutely so i put that aside for a rainy day and i was like yeah Yeah. she's right and then i had a bottle of white wine and i bought a cast and crew uh 1998 star trek voyager bomber jacket (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, there have been there have been way worse drunk eBay purchases than yeah, that. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's the it's the Star Trek convention this month, like next weekend. So I'm I get to wear it for the oh, first time. For the first time. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited. Brilliant. Everyone's gonna be so jealous of you, Josh. I know. I know. <laughs> Finally, yeah. take that. Take that. Yeah, you're bullies. right. That is signed. <laughs> but don't don't let people touch you. Because then they might rub off the. No, no, the no. I'm not. Obviously, that'd be mental. Yeah, they're, they're dirty, greasy fingers on my stitched Voyager jacket. I'll tweet you a picture of it when this yeah, comes please, out. Yeah, please, because I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe it's like. Does it fit though? Oh yeah, it's a perfect fit. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So lucky. Because I would buy something like That's that so and then find out it'd be too small. But no, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's cool. I've got like a Home Alone two bobble hat that I had since size. I bought the box set when I was probably when Home Alone 2 came out it had a hat and the VHS of the film and I still try and get the hat on and I swear it still fits <laughs> but it, it doesn't I think Home Alone 2 is up there by the way yeah as like as a as a pretty close to the thing that Ghostbusters does that Home Alone 2 doesn't do is Ghostbusters doesn't try to recreate a sort of linear narrative that's the same whereas Home Alone 2 maybe suffers because they try so hard to recreate all those moments but better but yeah but the plot's really good the, the casting's amazing yeah is it Mark Curry Tim Curry Tim Curry Tim Curry that whole scene just unbelievable the whole hotel stuff and makes me yeah. absolutely a limousine myself. and a pizza yeah like, <laughs> get down on your knees and tell me that you love me and then they <laughs> I love you. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. You gotta do better. Little mole with the gimpy leg, bony back, yeah, no. cliff. He's lying. <laughs> yeah. I never. Oh, it's so good. And I love when Harry gets hit by bricks. Honestly, it makes me wet myself every year. Oh, man. It's, that is, I wonder how many, because statistically, some kid must have died. Yeah. Or at least killed, him, oh, yeah. killed a parent or Definitely. something. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. waiting for, to come home from, from work one day and my little boy has set up these traps for me because he absolutely loves Home Alone and he just completely wets himself when he's when he sees the anyone getting hit in the nuts yeah. pretty much. <laughs> so I'm just waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting to open the front door and a big can of paint's going to smack me in the face. <laughs> it's great physical comedy. I've been trying to do some stand-up about the new the new Home Alone that's about to come out. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, and and the thing is is like Ashing B's really funny, Rob Delaney's really funny. Like more power to those guys. And uh uh, who's the other one that's in it? There's some really good. Uh, Kimmy Schmidt woman. What's her name? Ellie Kemper. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the guy from Crashing, whose name I always forget. He's br- like it's an amazing cast. Um, but I was thinking, like, I was just watched the trailer and I was like, it is astonishing that in 2021 they were like all white cast again, and they were like, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely yeah. all white cast. And then, but then I thought about it and I was like, there's no way to make anyone in that film black and have it come off well. In you can't. Mm. There's no way you can't make. The absent parents. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You can't make you, the burglars. You can't. There's no. There's no one. The old man who walks along the street. Salt. No. No. There's no one like, who would work in that film. And uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting because it's straight to Disney Plus. Yeah. Plus. Is yeah. That right. It's coming but soon. It's not as well. go, but it's not premier access, is it? It's just out. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. I, I'm definitely going to watch it. Oh, 100 percent. Oh yeah. 100 percent going to watch it. I like all the people yeah, involved. Yeah. Like you said, they all look funny. I don't understand. Ashley's accent. I know she's commented it on on Instagram or something, but I don't think it, it confuses me because she's got such a lovely Irish accent. Why can't she just be Irish? I mean, my I, I yeah, I wouldn't want to wager a guess, but it I, it seems like maybe the 
maybe it was just that they were like, she's English. Yeah. And if she can do an English accent, I think the English accent was pr- was really good. Oh, it's mixed. But we won't go into it. I haven't seen the film, so I can't comment on it. It's going to be brilliant. I love everything. Don't ruin our chances of getting Ashley B on this podcast, Dave. <laughs> you can cut this bit. It's fine. Yeah. There's some really good. There's yeah. There's some really good. They're not sequels, but there's some really good shit. Uh, movies on the Hallmark Channel at Christmas, like Christmas. There's one called The Christmas Train with Danny Glover. You have to watch it. I'm going to watch no, it. I'm definitely going to watch it. One, my missus will watch these because she loves them. And two, <laughs> I work in an industry, uh, Josh, where I, ha- I have to get films ready for online channels. So I've been working on Hallmark Christmas sh- uh, shit for literally six months <laughs> Amazing. now. Uh, I don't, Amazing. It's not... It drives me mental how many dogs and puppies and birds and shit or has a, a shit Christmas. Let's move on. To, let's go to somewhere positive. <laughs> what is your favourite ever sequel? Just so you know, I went back and forth on this um, for quite a while trying to figure out um, what I thought the best sequel was, right? Yeah. And I, I actually wrote down a list here. of the of, So I had Toy Story 2, Paddington 2, Back to yeah. the Future Ghostbusters, Star Trek First Contact, and I went with Star Trek Beyond because I don't think it gets enough praise for being a brilliant, brilliant Star Trek movie. Yeah, and I think mm. that I think that uh, taking anything, regardless of um, it being a uh, a movie that I think anyone, even if you don't like Star Trek, you can. Watch. It's Idris Elba, Simon Pegg, Chris Pine, yeah. like ja- Zachary uh, Quinto. Like it's direct. The direction's brilliant. It, you can enjoy that film with absolutely no understanding of Star Trek. Yeah, it's just a good sci-fi film. But I think it's so challenging to take something that's made for TV and put it into a ninety-minute um, story. And I think that Simon Pegg like absolutely nailed because it's a it's like a long episode of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and it has all the stuff and it fits in with that universe that they made for the for those new movies. And um, I think the I like any movie really that has um, like an analog way of defeating the digital bad guys. Yeah. You know, like when, whenever there's a movie where it's like the simple thing that they mentioned at the very beginning of the movie that you've forgotten about is the thing that takes them down. Like the, you know, almost like the, you know, the one bullet in the barrel and, or the two bullets in Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it's the seller tape that, that saves him, saves Christmas, you know? (laughs) And I think that that Beastie Boys, the way they throw that Beastie Boys song into the end of Star Trek Beyond, it's just, it's mu- it's impossible to not be, like, amped when they do Oh, that. it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Oh. But why did they ruin that with that bit in the trailer? Why couldn't they just left that in the film where there's a surprise? I don't know if you've seen... Oh, I, luckily, I, did, I didn't see the oh, trailer. Oh, they yeah. completely, like, they that bit, they just, that they focused the whole trailer about that one bit. It was... It was awful. And they used and they used sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dickheads! Dickheads! That's really stupid. Because <laughs> it was he. Uh, it was it was Simon Pegg wrote it as a different song, and I think it was something a lot more comical. Oh right. And and then obviously because they'd Easter egged like Beastie Boys in the other two films. Yeah, yeah. But I I I like everything about it. I like the characters that they add. Um, Sophia, whatever her name is, she's like brilliant as that um J- jailer alien jailer. Mm. idris idris and idris elba's such a good bad guy as well such a good bad guy he really is and he's and he's a bad guy who was part of starfleet 
which is just mm. Mm, even tastier, you know? Yeah, bit of meat on it. And like, yeah, any like a bad guy whose means are justified, like like Hans Gruber or like Ed Harris in The Rock, you know? Yeah. Like when, or Thanos. When they were part of a yeah. <laughs> Or like any any part of a, a a machine that chewed someone up and spat them out, and now they're out for like a moral vengeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's always it's always a good setup, and I think that Ed Harris is uh, that he's phenomenal as the bad guy in The Rock. He's great now because all he wants to do is get the, the victims paid. Like it's like you're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Yeah, let's blow up some let's blow up San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bombs bomb San Francisco. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna miss that place. <laughs> I've got to ask about how amped you were for Star Trek Beyond, Star Trek Beyond, because it came after, which is probably one of the most disappointing films, which was Into Darkness. Are you a fan of that film? Into Darkness, no, 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 no Trekkie is it? Apparently, S- no. and also it's it doesn't really fit with that with that. Uh, this is super nerdy for anyone listening who's not a Star Trek fan. But essentially, essentially, the TV show and the movie franchise are owned by different companies. So for, to reboot the series, they had to make a different timeline, right? So they blew up Romulus, which is a, which is a planet mm. um, that goes supernova or nebula or something like that. And uh, what that does is in the original film Kirk had his dad and in the new films he doesn't right essentially that's sort of what sets up the films his dad dies saving Romulans or something like that and for that reason like it's just weird that why is Khan there like he wouldn't be it like it doesn't make any no they've just no and you can't and that's it's the kind of franchise where you can't get you can do it in a Jurassic Park yeah where you go Mm. yeah let's create let's just invent a dinosaur and pretend that's the the story for the film like you can get away with it like but in a thing like that where the fans are just so into the the, the mythology and the universe like um you know star trek is the thing that kind of created the 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 mcu you know the idea of like this ongoing yeah yeah world and a fan base yeah. maybe as well I, I can't remember much yeah before they're passionate and the whole thing about benedict Cumberbatch being khan in 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 darkness means absolutely nothing to anybody yeah. apart from yeah, the yeah, people yeah. watching. The way he drops that We've line. We've talked about this before. Yeah, he yeah. drops. His, it just says, "My name is Khan," and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah and <laughs> yeah, 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 great." And they recreate they recreate the scene as well, where like Spock oh. dies and he puts his hand, and it's just like you. They were they had such a good thing going with that first movie. And to be fair, they learned their lesson with the third movie. Mm. But to answer yeah, your question, no, though. I was I was not excited. In fact, it took me, uh, uh, it took me a good month to go and see Beyond. Really, cinema, I think, or maybe a cu- couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I was like, nah, not not doing it. And then I listened to Simon Pegg on a podcast, and I just was like, he's obviously he's a fan. A great movie. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm such a big fan of of him anyway. So yeah, yeah. Who isn't? Well, he's my dress yeah, up absolutely. every year for my dress up for Halloween is Simon Peggin. For Sean. Sean, yeah. It's, it's easy. <laughs> Put a nice. white shirt, red yeah, tie, yeah, yeah. bit of blood, cricket bat, done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've you've got red on you. For every ginger person out there, that is the best. It's like, thank you, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. It's, it's easy. <laughs> it's really easy. So you're in, you're in the cinema. You're sitting down for Star Trek Beyond. It starts... Is it good feeling straight away? Like, okay, I'll give this a go. Or yeah, it was. It's one of those films that I I don't really have. I've got one friend, two friends who like Star Trek, and uh, but not on the level that I do. And 
it was uh, it was one of those ones that I went to on my own, which is a really nice thing. In your thirties, I think I was in my I was in my twenties when that film came out. But like, we all go to cinemas on our own. We love it. Yeah, yeah. Love and it. it's it's something that. But there's moments in that where I was like, huh, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, looking looking to the side. Like, oh, they just they just reference something from a thing, and, the, 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 and yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. one there. Look at the old ship. And, Look uh, at the old ship. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But then I watched the first episode of Picard on my own and was just crying at the first scene. Like I haven't watched that yet. No, I it's haven't seen uh, it either. Oh, is there? A, it's it's you have to be really deep into next gen to oh. to really like to really like it. Yeah, because I I, I, I watched a heart. I watched the first season of Discovery and I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I like Discovery. And I haven't got through the second season, so I can't be enjoying that much. And I've been watching it for like two years now. It's mate. <laughs> I've tried to do season three, and like I'm a big Star Trek fan, and like you know. I love that show. Yeah. And I would give five years off my life to be in that show. And I, I think Star Trek Discovery is, it's a different type of Star Trek. And a, a, a big Star Trek fan would argue that it the, the reason that it's, uh, they would argue that it's people showing a disregard to like the franchise in a sense, mm. but it, mm. it's also, it's not episodic, which is, which is what Star Trek is. It's episodic yeah. television. Here's the problem. Oh God, we're all going to die. Everything's fine. And that's how it goes. And I think with Discovery that it has this arc every year and you're like, okay, great. I don't, the, just just go to a planet and find some weird lizards, mate with them <laughs> and then hit the reset button. That's all you need to do. And um, <laughs> so I like, but then the Orville is so good, mm. uh, which is Seth, Seth MacFarlane's like kind of Star Trek ripoff show and it's brilliant yeah i've heard that and it's got it's got it's directed by jonathan frakes and it has all the cast of star trek in it and like it's really really good yeah in star trek beyond what's your favorite scene and it's not the motorbike scene is it <laughs> no <laughs> that's very funny though <laughs> uh, it's so weird that that's the one bit of the movie that's so blatantly green screen yeah yeah as well mm. you're like that must have been done in they must they must have run out of time or something because it looks like a 1930s car with the with the with the screen behind it with the trees moving you're like really guys yeah. my favorite scene is oh when they give Yuhura the uh Spock's given her that like necklace that's a rare um Vulcan rock yeah and they're like you gave your girlfriend a tracking device that bit <laughs> that's I just I love the comedy of that and I also love the scene where they the ship uh the old Enterprise ship the old Starfleet ship that they find in that they fly back into the Alpha Quadrant or whatever. Mm. Uh, I love that bit when it when they, when they have to hit terminal velocity and they do and there's the two looks that the pilots give each other because they've both been like yeah we'll be fine and then there's this look afterwards with this is a great comic payoff where they're like thank fuck that worked. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some good payoffs in this one. Rich, do you enjoy it? Yeah, I really do. I really enjoy it. I love the fact that it's gone from a bromance between kind of Kirk and Spock to almost a bromance between Spock and McCoy instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Bo yeah the, and the Bones character is like, he's so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. I'd like to see them do another one. I don't think they should. I think they should probably just leave it, but... I think they are doing another one, aren't they? I think there's. It w I know it was in the works, and I know that Tarantino has been writing one. Yeah, I'm not sure that one's gonna happen. I mean, I, I would know, give. That be that would be <laughs> mental, isn't it? And he's he, and yeah, and he wants to, he would he's basing it on there's an ep season in episode three of Next Generation called um, Yesterday's Enterprise, which is about how there's a shift in the space time. This is so nerdy, and basically the war with the Klingons never ended. 
Right. And the only person who knows on the ship is Whoopi Goldberg. And that's the one that Tarantino is writing a, a, like a, an idea oh, for. Okay. Yeah, because there was rumours that they were going to bring Hemsworth back, but he was asking for like too much money or something again. Or I don't know if that would work, bringing him and doing more time travel. No, I just think time travel is such a lazy construct in sci-fi. You've done it once. Stop playing it. You've made it work once. Mm, that was good yeah. enough. Uh, but if you bring yeah. it back again, you're, you know. Like the whole new season of Picard is set now. Which is like, oh, okay, right. COVID. All right, we get it. We f- you filmed it in COVID. <laughs> well done. You know? So if, it, if they did it another one, would you have another reboot? Or would you like some original stories with, I don't know, if they go Pike or a, a completely new character, would you be interested in that? I would be more interested in a in a either whatever Tarantino wants to do I would go and see because I just think even if they make it a 15 or a 12 and it's sort of Tarantino's first foray away from being Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. um, I would I, I would watch that. But I, yeah, any new story. And I think that's what Beyond did really well. It just, yeah, it yeah. was a new story and, and, it, and, it to- and, it, and it made the life of it. And, you know, Spock, Leonard Nimoy was dead. So they, he was dead in the film and like, you know, and I, I liked, I liked all of it. Yeah, I would, I would go down that road i just i would like to see simon pegg write it but i'm I'm sure he would love to working moms have way too many to do's switch to h&r block and have an expert do your taxes for you block guarantees 100 accuracy and your max refund or your money back and with your no surprise guarantee you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin you can even meet with a tax pro in a block office or online from home so take a breath moms this tax season is better with block make an appointment at hrblock.com all tax situations are different not everyone gets a refund limitations apply description of benefits and details at hrblock.com forward slash guarantees This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. But what is your most disappointing sequel? What's one that you've left the cinema like, ah, that wasn't as good as you thought it's going to be? Die Hard 5. Oh, yes. Oh. Die Hard 5. Yeah. It's horrible, isn't it? That's a great shout. I honestly <laughs> thought, I don't know, it just the naivety of of youth. I honestly just thought, oh, maybe they'll, maybe they've learned their lesson, Kevin Smith. <laughs> and, uh, and no, I mean, Die Hard 5 was like, it was, it wasn't just worse than Die Hard 4. It like it kind of broke my heart because it just fundamentally misunderstood what made John mm. McClane great, mm. and like the idea that he's now just this superhero, like crashing a helicopter into a building and like running out with his son and high fiving and punching a woman in the face. Like I was just like, "What are you? This is just stupid. You're stupid, Bruce Willis." Yeah. And um, yeah. And that that one, me and my friend, I remember leaving the cinema and we just went. 
we just both looked at each other and were like, we need yeah. a drink now. <laughs> I think that's the one they released on Valentine's Day, which is always me. Made... That bit I respected. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who got away with that. He was like, hey, honey, yeah. so... Um, got an idea for a movie remember how you liked samuel l jackson yeah. in uh <laughs> in coach carter well yeah that guy that guy and remember look who's talking do you remember the, the guy who did the voice in that the baby so yeah they've done a movie together uh what's it called i'm not sure something about living free or something <laughs> why did they go to, did, is that the one that went chernobyl in the end Brilliant. as well the fifth one Ugh, what an absolute stu- Anyway, that was so disappointing because, yes, they end up in, like, Chernobyl or something. And they just made no effort with the bad guy. They were like, it's, oh, why is he bad? What does he want? And they were like, I don't know, it's terrorism. Yeah, yeah. Like, they just... <laughs> Lazy. Like, there was... It was just... There was nothing in the... I honestly... Here's the thing. Like, firstly... Red, the movie Red, is a better Die Hard sequel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's more Die Hard than, than anything after Die Hard with a Vengeance. Mm. And Die Hard mm. 2... Die Hard 2 is a 5 out of 10 movie anyway. Um, but Die, Die Hard with a Vengeance is so good. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's such a great film. It's such a great sequel. And it, it's a little bit long. That's why I, I didn't put it on the list. There are a few moments, like when he's in the tunnel with all the water on top of a lorry and somehow he escapes and it happens to be while Samuel L. Jackson who he hasn't seen for three hours is driving past like there's some really weird writing things in there (laughs) but it's still John McClane and I think that Red was a really really good movie about a retired policeman yeah yeah and I think mm. I think that's what they need to do with Die Hard is basically they need to kill John McClane. Like Hans Gruber's son needs to come back and torture him for two hours, and that's the movie. <laughs> I'd watch it. And that's yeah. that's why three's good, right? Is because it's like Hans Gruber's brother, isn't it? And that's yeah, Hans Gruber's yeah. brother. Yeah, mm. that's what we had. Sean Walsh on, didn't we? And he was like, did his really good impression, like yeah. impression. <laughs> Sean had a thing with me where he said. Uh, he was like, you know, those things. He's like those lines from a movie that just you just hear in your head in life. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he and his one was from Die Hard. It was somebody had fun. Yeah. That one. That yeah. one. <laughs> it's a good line. Do you know what's That's funny? Exactly is, what. <laughs> um, Sean, Sean, and I were actually we were talking about doing a podcast where we talk where we get a guest on to talk about movie sequels that that they make up. Sorry. And uh, and then about a month and then about a month after he did he did this and I was like oh well I guess we're not doing that podcast anymore. <laughs> oh sorry we stole your podcast. <laughs> no, you were smarter first. Well, there's there's, been, there's people before us doing slightly different things, so we're we're even slower than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's guys called the sequelizers, and they take bad uh, sequels and rewrite them. It's good. Um, so make oh, them good. that's smart. But that's what I would, yeah, disappointing, yeah, definitely uh, Die Hard 5. And, and Die mm. Hard 4, and Die Hard 4. But I went with a, with a girl I really like, so it's There fine. you go. That makes it better. You know? So what is your worst ever sequel? So it's a tie. My worst ever sequel is either Predator 2 or Battle Royale 2. And it was it was close with, with Jurassic Park 2. That was very close to being on the list. Yeah. Jurassic Park 2 is horrific, 
But Predator yeah, 2 and Battle Royale 2 are so stupid. Yeah. That like, just, I hate anything where they're like, okay, same, but in a city. Like, it's just like, you know, where, where Predator 2, it's like, and then the aliens in the big city, like, like it's uh, trying to break on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> Predator, lost in New York. Um, and then Battle Royale 2 is just, it hasn't, it's just, it's like it's basically what that is is someone getting hold of franchise rights and 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 fundamentally not understanding what may Battle Royale Two is is de- is depressing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like how did you mi- like and also with Battle Royale Two, you know what Hunger Games and Squid Games are. You know, um, mm. are so I don't know whether I don't. I think Battle Royale is a better version of both of those things. I don't know whether the two wouldn't exist without mm. Battle Royale. Most people, most people no, seem to not know Battle Royale. I've seen Battle Royale, but I haven't seen Battle Royale two, and I probably won't ever get based on your review. We <laughs> saw it at uni, Rich. There was, um, I think, there was someone in someone did in we? your class. They did a screening of it, and they made us watch it, and then they wanted our opinion afterwards. And all I can remember of it is at the end they joined the Taliban. That's <laughs> that's the end of it, isn't it? I- yeah. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so I hated that film so much that I haven't seen the ending. I've just Wikipedia plot plopped there you go. it up when you asked me. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm fairly certain I just turned this off. <laughs> and and like Battle Royale is a, is a masterpiece. Yeah. Mm. In like, in that, and just, it's a, it's the first, I don't know if it's the first movie it's kind, it's the first that I saw where it's like, how do we deal with this generation of of brats and like this idea that they pegged them against each other in a sort of Lord of the Flies with guns. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Isn't it? Yeah, and it's just so good. It's such a good idea, and um, and it it's aged really well. It still looks brilliant, mm. and the gore, like the reality when that first kid dies. I don't want to say how to anyone who hasn't seen it, but like when that first kid's thing happens, where they they all have to wear a neck brace, and if they go outside a perimeter, yeah, yeah. they they are killed. But but the perimeter changes every twenty four hours, and like that is a is a narrative is so unbelievably. Brilliant. It's a really strong premise. It's like mm. describe your film in one like a sentence, and you put that yeah. in. It's just like okay, that's a good pitch. I'll buy that. And then it's like yeah. Battle Royale two. Some people in Hollywood bought the rights, did did a load of blow, and then just went. <laughs> just like kids just killing each other I guess and that was it and then when someone went yeah cool here's 18 million dollars and they just went and made this absolute jizz hole of a film yeah it was so bad they did try and stick that political message at the end I can't remember what they were trying to say but it, it is awful and uh, Predator Predator 2 as well well this is the one I watched recently yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. what were they <laughs> that shooting scene with the with the police it's just what it's mad. <laughs> it's what mad, is this? Right? What is that film? <laughs> Why is there voodoo in it and stuff? Why? Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a because Predator is like pretty close to a perfect movie. It's very, very yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, name one bad scene. I mean, obviously, look, it's very easy to go. Oh, there's there's loads of things wrong with it now, but that's just life. Like, and pop culture mm. ages badly. It will yeah. if if society progresses. Pop cultures it's a finite moment captured of that time and everything ages badly. But, and, and so there are moments in predator two where you're like, all right guys. Okay. All right. And also, Oh, why is there a woman in the film? Okay, fine. And like, but it's a, it's so, so good. Every character. And that's what John McTiernan, who, who directed predator and, and die hard. Mm. 
what he what he was so good at was recognizing that every character, no matter how small, needs a little moment where the the, the viewer connects with the the character's personality. Yeah. So like in yeah. Die Hard, there's that little scene with the chocolate bars, you know, mm. or the little yeah. scene where the where the SWAT team guy pricks his arm on the, on the rose thorn, and like there's yeah. all these tiny moments where every character gets to have a little bit, and and that's mm. what Predator has as well. Yeah, Predator's um, quotable as well, like. I still quite, I ain't got time to bleed yeah. is still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the, uh, the you ghosting us motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are back in the world. You give our position one more time. I'll bleed you. Real quiet. Leave your head. Like, it's so good. Get to the chopper. Mm. And when they high five, what's the matter? CIA oh, got yeah. your pushing too many pencils. <laughs> so good. I think it's one of Schwarzenegger's best. That and Jingle All The Way. Oh, nice. Come on. <laughs> he, Schwarzenegger is, he's due a serious dramatic role that makes him an Oscar contender, right? He must be looking for that after Creed. I think that's his real I life, I feel like he's it? tried. Like... <laughs> Has he done one? It was He did one, I want to say pretty recently, called, I think it was Maggie, when his daughter's a zombie or something. That was quite serious. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I know that's another one. And there's another one where his... It has Scoop McNary in it, and it's a. I can't remember the name of the title of the film, so excuse me. But his his family died on an airplane for some reason, and he's I can't, no. But it's a serious plot. I'm. Sorry. <laughs> it's just weird. for some reason. I can't remember. <laughs> what was it to do with? It wasn't nine eleven? It was something. Anyway, he went after the person. Yeah, that doesn't make it sound too serious in my head. It's a, it's a more serious role than Jingle Way. Both of those sounded like good comedies. You're like, the yeah. one where his, wife, where his daughter's a zombie? It's like, no, that sounds hilarious. That sounds hilarious. What, he's dropping her off at uni? Like, no, that's a great idea for a comedy. Really picking her up from Don't meeting her. Don't anyone. Yeah, yeah, like, like meet, meeting her boyfriend for the, I know guys your age are just after one thing. Like, you know, it's a great idea for a film. Ron Howard, you've done it again. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Predator 2. Uh, why did they cast Predator Danny Glover? Two, yeah. uh, I have I have no idea, but what I've gathered from watching the Hallmark Christmas movies is that Danny Glover is not picky. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, yeah. I just, that's I just don't buy that I, you can My assumption, on. my guess is 200 grand cash. Yeah. He swears a lot in this as well. And Bill Paxton goes next level crazy in this film. Yeah, mate. Also, is that. Is Bill Paxton in Predator 2 after Aliens? It must. uh, It it is, right? Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, when was Aliens? Right? 85. He's the only person to be killed by a Terminator, an alien, and a Predator. Which. So cool. Which is. That is so cool. To have on your resume is pretty cool. But I just. I feel like they've just. Every other word is a swear word in Predator 2. Like, Danny Glover just... Yeah, it's a classic movie with no... Where they didn't have any ideas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just Danny Glover shouting a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It's also 1990, but it feels very 80s. Because, one, it's got Gary Busey in it. Mm. Yeah. Also, it's probably by shot the way, in the 80s, uh, though, isn't it? Aliens is absolutely a contender for uh, for best, um, best single yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. It's... it's yeah. It's it, it's a completely tonally. I mean, and, and that's what James Cameron is. He's a genius. Like, so I mean, yeah, with Terminator, Termin- I don't like Terminator Two as purely because the tonal shift for me I find really difficult. Like Terminator One is such a dark kind of steampunk movie, and then Terminator Two is like a buddy comedy. It doesn't make it a bad film, but I I think it 
I think James Cameron marries that line better in Aliens. Mm, okay, yeah. He ke- still keeps okay. it really dark. Mm. He keeps it really dark. And it's nowhere near as art house as the first one, but it's like he, he keeps that claustrophobia. He keeps that aesthetic. And uh, Terminator 2 is... When I say I don't like it, I mean, I, it's obviously a brilliant film, but like it's for me, I just... I wanted it to be dark. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, 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 I get it. I can see that. Yeah, it's a different, di- completely different type of film. Have you seen um, uh, the package on Netflix? No. It's a really no, good teen teen comedy about. I don't want to give away the ending, but some teens that, ac- that accident they have an accident and they have to deliver this package. But there's a great bit while he's they're airlifting him out of uh, on a helicopter to the hospital, and he and he and he th- gives the thumbs up, and someone goes, "He's reverse Terminatoring," which is so good. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. That yeah, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> I think there's one thing I watched Terminator watched Predator 2 and I thought think there's one thing that saves Predator 2 from being my worst ever Predator film and that is Alien versus Predator 2 which is quite honestly yeah. the worst thing I've ever seen yeah ever. that is the worst <laughs> it's just is Alien versus Predator a good film it can't be no and no. have you seen have you seen Predators the, the most recent one no, with, what uh, happened? Ke- Keegan Michael Key. There's Predators, which is the Rodriguez produced one with Adam Brody or Adrian Brody, not Adam Brody. Adrian Brody. Sorry, that's yeah. the government OC. And then there was the Predator from which was the Shane Black one, which has got massacred by the studio, and you can just tell it's awful. Do you know what's so upsetting? Is the first ten minutes of, of the Predator is brilliant. Yeah. The first ten minutes is a really good setup of these crazy people on a bus who are all ones. They're all going to a like a you know a movie like a crazy house and they're all vets yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. And one of them is is one of them isn't crazy, but he's been stitched up by the government. And I was like, oh, this is a that's a setup right there. And then the rest of the film was just like someone pissing on my face yeah, yeah. while I was asleep. <laughs> it was it was horrible. It's bad. Really bad. <laughs> oh, oh. But anyway, here's the thing: the Predator franchises. It's like um, you know, Prince made Purple Rain, and then he made some a couple of Prince made some really good albums, but then he made so many bad albums. It made me question whether the good ones were a fluke. Mm. Yeah. And the Predator franchise has so many bad movies. I sometimes just mm. think that the original one was just a fever dream I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one's the only good one, yes. though, right? There's not been a good one no. since. I have a question for you because I haven't seen it. Is Prometheus good? Prome- I'm going to call Prometheus interesting. <laughs> you both just, for the people listening, you both just moved your heads to the side at the same time and sink like... <laughs> no, it's the answer you're looking for. There are people... Good is a strong word. <laughs> there are people that like it, but no. it's it's The problem is it's not an alien film and there's some really dumb bits in it. It looks pretty. I'm gonna say that. But it's 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 Ridley Scott, right? Yeah, it is Ridley Scott. Basically, there's a mapping expert who gets lost. There's a like a bug expert that just uh, puts his hand in a bug's mouth. There's a, a ship falling over at one point, straight over, uh, and instead of running left or right, the person just carries on running straight forwards. So it lands on them. It's it's full of stupid decisions like that. It's all shoehorned into something that doesn't quite fit as yeah, well, yeah. isn't it? The whole like. It's like we will make this work somehow. Like, yeah, it just doesn't doesn't fit together. But it's on Disney Plus now. There you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the thing is on a Sunday morning I love a crap film. Oh, there you uh, go. Like I watched the uh, I watched that um who's the guy from uh Olympus has fallen? Yeah, Gerard uh, Butler. Scottish guy. Gerard Butler. 
He's got a movie on Amazon Prime at the minute that just gets like an end of the world film and he's trying to get his family out. Greenland. And I absolutely loved it. It's a surprisingly good, um, Josh. That is why. It's a it's really, really, really a good Sunday film. Sunday film is a genre. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. Me and my housemate mm. were talking about it. It's like a mood. Like, uh, and uh, another one, Cloverfield Lane. Great film. Surprisingly good sequel. May- maybe, in fact, easily better than Cloverfield, in my opinion. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. Isn't it bullshit to have to question where your food comes from? At Vital Farms, you can trace your pasture-raised eggs all the way back to the source, the pasture. On the side of each pasture-raised carton of eggs, you'll find the name of the farm where your eggs were laid. And when you look the farm up on their website, you'll get a peek at all the sunshine, fresh air, and open space the hens enjoy. Learn more and find out where to buy them at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash MBO. Terms and conditions apply. Icy Hot starts working instantly to dull the pain with the icy cool sensation. Then the warming sensation relaxes it away. Feel the power of Icy Hot's contrast therapy. Ice works fast. Heat makes it last. Icy Hot. I've got a question for you that you might be able to string that into something then. What has been the most surprising sequel to you, you've watched? Oh God, that's a good one. I, I, I would, yeah, I would, I would maybe say, I mean, thinking out loud, um, something like Cloverfield yeah. Lane. That was, and I think I just think John Goodman is just like out of this world good mm. in that. Um, Father of the Bride two. Love Steve Martin. Brilliant sequel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love Steve. And Martin Short is just. Oh. I, I haven't watched the new series yet because I've been saving France? it, but. Oh, you haven't? Uh, what Mur- only Murder? Yeah, yeah, I heard it's good. Mate, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Because you think yeah, you think yeah. Father of the Bride two. How can they do this again? Because you know it's it's a plot yeah. that's like that should only work for one film, and then you like every good sequel we talk about. They introduce good characters like the Martin Shaw character again. Is he in this first one or is he just mm-hmm. in the second one? He's in the he's the wed he's the wedding planner, isn't he? Planner in the first. Oh, one. he is. Yeah, in the first yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I love and, him. And then it, but yeah, and they bring him in to help prep the house for the baby in the second. Film. Of course they do. And it's really good. Uh, and Steve Martin is at his sort of dramatic comic in that period where he was like stepping away from comedy, but still the elements he's the, phys- the when I see Steve Martin move, he's like, it's like ballet. Yeah. yeah. The way that he's mm. so physically funny. And there are little flourishes of it in that film that, um, that I would love to, that like, I was, I, I did think in the mid 90s, late nineties, I was like, they must do grandfather yeah. of the bride soon. It has oh, to happen. That would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah. And like watching his daughter, and this isn't the film that I would pick as my sequel, but like watching his daughter go through what he went through when she met her husband. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that would have been a great movie. They must have been some um, point. I'm sure yeah, they. Right. Yeah, at all. Yeah, it must have. It must have come up. Um, and what else is a surprising sequel? Uh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers: Spy Who Shagged Me is an interesting sequel because um, Doctor Evil is hilarious and Austin Powers is not. <laughs> Yeah, mm. it, it, in that movie, that's like Doctor Evil's movie. Yeah, yeah, he steals that. Yeah, and 
and it's it's surprising because Mike Myers I don't think is very good at sequels and uh, Shrek 2 Wayne's World 2 and Austin Powers 3 I just think Aust- I think Austin Powers is one of the most perfect comedies ever made it is superb I just think it's so and it's so, I, what I what happens with 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 the with that period of cinema is that they'd like they were just because Wayne's World and Austin Powers were successful low budget films they went here's loads of money mm. and I and I think mm. Mike Myers is like he's like a punk rock filmmaker and uh, and the woman who directed Wayne's World is it Penny Mar- Penny Marshall who she directed she directed um, the Decline of Western Civilization which were these three music documentaries in the eighties. Uh, and, oh, right. and then the third one was in the 90s and the decline of western civilization part two which follows so at the top of the documentary you have all the successful bands of the era so you have kiss um ozzy osbourne aerosmith all those people talking about what it is to be a rock star and then there's all the people in la clamoring to make it mm. and it's it's mm. it's the it's one of the funniest it's it's not it's real spinal tap it's incredible and um and Mike Myers saw that and was like, "She's the one who who she'll understand Wayne's World." And yeah. and I apparently he had a bit of a struggle to get her on board because Lord Michaels was like, "We have comedy directors, mate," <laughs> and and you know, and Mike was like, "All right, fine, well, well, let's just not make it." And I think eventually they 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 reneged and 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 she made this brilliant film. And I, I feel like with when they start throwing money at a film after it's been successful, like it kind of. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, it can do, and it's it's hard to do a comedy sequel, right? It's like, you know, you can't, you, nobody laughs at the same joke twice. Yeah, you know, it's you've got to completely reinvent it again, otherwise yeah. it just ends up being like coming to America yeah. too. <laughs> I didn't hate that. I didn't hate it. Really? <laughs> I just prefer to watch the first one. It's all the same jokes. Yeah, that's and better. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Trading places as well is better than coming to America, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's oh, a great. Oh, you, you both agree. I think okay, so. that's good. I, thought yeah. was, I, thought I like Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, he yeah makes I do. Me laugh. Definitely. Trading places. Trading, is great. Trading places is close to a perfect film, apart from that weird train scene at the end, where it just becomes an SNL skit, where Dan yeah. Aykroyd's, and I love that Dan Aykroyd's blacked up in that <laughs> film. And he's like, "Do you remember me?" And he's like, "All Rasta," <laughs> and it's so it's meant to be obvious that he's in blackface yeah, yeah, right yeah. Mm. but um but that it just it just becomes this weird because then james or what's john belushi's brother it's james belushi isn't it? james belushi james yeah, belushi, yeah jim belushi yeah and he's like he's in it and it all gets a bit weird and there's a monkey suit and like and the film kind of falls apart a little bit there but it is so it's such a good film that was a 90s but they, they did that with blues brothers 2000 when they start having dancing zombies as well that's a terrible sequel if we're going that is that is what were they thinking i mean i, I i'm worried about i i think i i think ghostbusters afterlife will be good yeah uh, wow okay wow okay brilliant just stunned silence i mean I, i've heard bad reviews but i i think it's gonna be good too I, i've seen just just picking the trailer to by the time this comes out we'll know and the screenings yeah, are, the, the, the press screenings are happening literally in an hour I bought my uh, I bought my tickets a few days ago. Yeah. And I text I text Sean Walsh and was like, "Buddy, like let's and and the whole time since since the first teaser, he's been like, "I'm going on my own. I'm going. Oh on really? My own. I, have, I have to go on my." And I texted him being like, "This is your last chance." Because and he was like, "Yeah, no, 
I'm going on my own. And like, I really, yeah. I do respect that. I respect that decision because it's such a, it's such a big movie for so many people. It's a big movie, yeah. personal movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would do the same. I'd go, I'd want to go on my own as well. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, it's, it's a really big movie for sure. And he told us, you know, talks about how his love of Ghostbusters so much. Like, it's insane. Yeah. It's, I, I wrote, uh, I did a, um, a tweet about six years ago that was like 10 tweets long where I kind of explained what I thought the Ghostbusters 3 sequel would be. And I, th- I think I'm pretty close to, yeah. nice. to what it was. Yeah, I think I was, I said something along the lines of, the, the one thing I got wrong, I, I think my tweet was that it was like uh, that Ghostbusters technology had become normal in households. So there was like vacuum cleaners that could catch ghosts and stuff like that. And then the, the the Ghostbusters were like gatekeepers of the storage facility and they were all old and the storage facility broke. So they had to recruit some young people to capture all of the ghosts that they'd caught in the past that had escaped from like, basically the hard drive was full. Yeah, yeah. Exploded. Yeah. And then at the end, a ghost of Egon is obviously going to help in some way. Nice. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> I hope that I hope that I'm right. <laughs> the Can't ghost wait. of Egon's gonna come and save yeah. the day. I, it's one of those films that I'm trying not <laughs> to get my hopes up for. I hope it's because the first two are like pretty great, like nearly perfect. So, and if you can get another one like that, they're in for something special. Yeah. I just, I just, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna turn it into a. It's gonna be like Star Wars, isn't it? Where it's Slimer's High School, you know. It makes Slimer money, like it? at high school, yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's just going to be the thing. They're just going to keep churning them out. So I think it's just nice to enjoy this brief moment where there's only going to be one. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Because before yeah, you yeah. know it, it's going to be like, you know, Janine's daughter has started and a... it's like it's going <laughs> to. I don't like, know if you remembered, but when they did the Ghostbusters two thousand sixteen one, and people went crazy that it was women. They also announced that they were going to do a men's only one as well. At the same point, that's never happened. And that, I think they like had like Chan and Tatum was going to be in it because he was coming off the back of Jump Street, and they thought he could be able to carry it, but it never happened, which is quite a good thing. Let's talk dream sequel. Okay. What was your dream sequel? Well, I was gonna say Ghostbusters three, but it's it's happening. So yeah. Um, and I've gone with uh, purely for comic reasons. I've gone with uh, when Harry met Sally. Okay. Uh, because I just want to see them get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I just think I think that Rob Reiner would do it. Yeah. He's divorced. I think that this obviously the thing that the reason it should never ever happen is because they couldn't use Nora Ephron f- yeah. because she's dead. And I think hmm. that she was just such an unbelievably brilliant writer of like realistic romance. And, but I would love to see a film where, um, you know, not necessarily I'm saying divorced because it's funny, but what I mean is like, I think there's another coming of age that happens when you're old. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it, I would really like to see, cause that song, that movie, sorry, is so much about the kind of cockiness of youth and the hope of youth and both of those things are dashed and then they both go oh my god we're in our 30s we're never going to find love and they just become these best cynical best friends Mm. who then fall in love with each other and it's a really smart clever um warm film and it looks unbelievable and the dialogue is out of this world and um 
the jokes are so good and to me it's like the uh it's the um it's the Woody Allen film that Woody Allen wishes he made I think yeah. in a lot of ways and they took yeah. all, they took so many of the tropes from Manhattan and Annie Hall and and a lot of his kind of funnier romantic movies and and actually did it better yeah. than he does it um and and even even in in the kind of the mise-en-scene of it and and the way that it's they've shot it and the use of colors it's like it is so it leans so heavily on the rom-com like Nora Ephron said um that there she said something like there's two types of uh uh problems in films there's Christian problems and Jewish problems and she was like the Christian problem is I'm in love with this girl but I have to go to war and it's a real problem. And the Jewish problem is I'm in love with this girl, but oh, I'm so neurotic. And, uh, and that's why we can't be together. And, and, and that's like kind of what every Woody Allen film is. Mm. Especially, I mean, especially the, yeah, well, let's not go down that road. But, uh, and I think that I'd really like to see how Nora Ephron would have tackled yeah. being in your seventies or sixties and seventies and like yeah. what love is then and, and how you see your kids and how they're watching them fall in love and then seeing yeah. the grandkids leave college and having that gen the generational gap of mm. like um of not understanding these Gen Z kids as an old couple who were at that point when the original yeah, film yeah, yeah. came out so hip and cool. And like yeah. and obviously like they would probably be quite well off because it seems like they both owned property in New York in the eighties. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they've lost their money in some way or maybe, maybe it could be cool when Harry, when Sally left Harry or something, you know, and, and it's about oh. them. Right. And then they get Damn. back together. Then you can't, you can't, you can't break them up. It would, yeah, ruin, yeah. it would break everyone's heart too much. But I, th I think you could start the movie with them I being broken up. Yeah. You know, and then falling, falling back role. in love again. Yeah, and realizing yeah. that, right? And and realizing that love isn't. It's not a love is. There's it, many iterations of love, and and that actually being old and comfortable, although it might not be exciting, which is where the movie yeah. ends as well. Hmm. You know, it ends with that really nice scene where they're like just talking about their wedding day, and they're like coconut with the cake with the sprinkles, and it's just so anodyne and dull, and that's where the film ends. But it's really not, and like that plus 40 years yeah. would be so fun to see. I don't think it's a film Hollywood make because it's so, they're so ages. So, but I'd love to see an aged yeah. Meg, Meg Ryan right? and Billy Crystal. I think they're still both fantastic actors and very funny people. People forget that old people are hilarious. Like my nan in her seventies is my comedy hero. Yeah. Um, she was hilarious. And I think that, um, they tried it, didn't they? There was a bit of time in the in the sort of early mid two thousands where they did like it's complicated and something's got to give, but they were so mm. poorly executed. And I think that uh, older as well, especially with like um, you know, only murders in the building is a really good example. Like that's two guys in their seventies trying to like connect yeah. with a girl in her late twenties. And there's there's all these really nice generational comparisons, and I think that I think the Ghostbusters movie will probably do that. And I think there's a, I think that people are discovering that actually <laughs> old people are funny, and it's not just yeah. about you know like like that. What Woody Allen was doing was like, oh yeah, she's twenty and I'm sixty five, but and you're like, buddy, yeah. no one stop stop it stop yeah. it, <laughs> please. 
you're not doing your reputation any favors no, by making another really movie where a 65 year old the one with larry david i was like this is just what what is happening <laughs> But I think there's so much to do with like with that they could do with a realistic love story of of like yeah. especially someone oh. as loved as Billy Crystal as well, you know, like oh it would be amazing. And then they've and she maybe they can't afford the he they've moved out, which means they've had to separate their assets, which means that he's in a shit he's in his seventies in a shitty apartment, and then she's dating some young toy boy, who's like her 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 yoga instructor or something and I the yoga ins- the, like maybe the <laughs> yoga instructor is like her daughter's like husband's brother or something and then the grandkids like maybe he has to <laughs> like maybe he maybe he's bought an apartment for the for his kids that one of the grandkids now lives in so he has to yeah, go yeah, live yeah. with his 20 year old grandson or something <laughs> it's there's so many ways you could write that I'd watch this. I um, love this movie already. Have you got yeah, any ideas mate. for casting? Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. And for the yoga instructor, I did just think Channing Tatum. I know I just, that's um, the person I mentioned the Ghostbusters as well. Well, I think that if it was so... so Okay, so they're in their 70s, which means their kids would be in their 40s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like maybe like a oh, Kristen yeah. Wiig for the daughter. Nice. And then the son be could good. be a Channing Tatum. I'd go a bit more subtle and less hunky. With the sun. I, I meant for the yoga, yoga instructor. Oh, okay. I would go, yeah, the yoga instructor should change that. The yoga instructor is, um, oh man, Tim Robbins in High Fidelity, that kind of thing. Okay, I'm with you, <laughs> you now. Yeah. That you know, fucking like Ian guy. Yeah, yeah. What fucking <laughs> Ian guy? <laughs> um, that bit where Tim Robbins is having dinner and he slams the phone down and takes a deep meditative breath and then smiles and starts eating is a slice of just comic genius. I love that film. And, uh, and then you'd have the grandkids. I don't want to say Timothy Chalamet because he gets too much work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I'm yet to see him in a role where I'm like, wow, you know, not that he's not going to get there, but he's very much DiCaprio basketball diaries, Titanic right now. Yeah. And he had, he hasn't done his, um, catch me if you can. Yet, you know, yeah. Um, no. Maybe June, maybe June's going to be that. June two. Not June one. Mm. He's okay. The June second one. one. If they do a Dune sequel, it should be called July, surely, right? <laughs> <laughs> With a D, right? <laughs> Perfect. We now have two sequels. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good, man. I really, I just really want to watch this movie now. I really, it get, it gets sometimes in this doing this podcast. I get annoyed that the movies we talk about aren't actually real. Like, yeah, but that's what makes it so sequels. much fun. <laughs> yeah, I would do that, True. and I would have they'd have they'd have to have like uh, you couldn't complicate the plot. Maybe they've got one kid, and that one kid has got three kids. Because it would be weird yeah. if there was loads of sons and daughters, but more grandkids mm. is sort of maybe comically funnier. Uh, maybe oh, because uh, sorry, because Bruno Kirby is dead. Right, so who is who is uh, Billy Crystal's best friend in Mohammed's? And Carrie, and Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. oh wow! So there's a nice thing there. Like maybe they had kids, and they're yeah, close yeah. to those kids. That's oh, a really yeah. great. Ah, oh, yeah. Maybe that Harry and Sally's kids. Uh, yeah, they're super tight with Bruno Kirby and uh, Carrie Fisher's kids. You could put Rob oh. Delaney in there. He'd be very good. You could put maybe Bill Murray as his like 
best friend now that they're old. Yeah, yes. that'd be good. Um, Steve Martin. Um, I got very close to saying, by the way, and I hate to throw in another curveball at the end of the show, but like um, uh, a sequel I always wanted to see was uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels 2. Oh, nice. Because I think not the shitty remake. Absolutely no, not. Forget that happened. <laughs> I think that I think that the I think Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is maybe the most underrated comedy of all time. Like I, no one ever talks about that film. It's never in a top fifty list, and it's a perfect comedy. I remember watching that when I was probably about eight or nine with my parents, and yeah. absolutely loving yeah. it. Like just loving it, it so it's, much. I think that that. These two two con men, the five dollar con man and the millionaire con man, competing, mm. and to drive each other out of town so the other one can have the territory. I think in twenty twenty one, the idea that obviously there's the internet and they've they're having their comeuppance and they have to figure out one final heist from jail. Yeah, you know, it would be really fun. So you you would still have Steve mm-hmm. Martin and Michael Caine. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I throw in um, what's that French? Is he French? No. Who's the guy that's in? Uh, uh, Gigolo. He plays the butler in Mr. Deeds. Oh, John Toretto. John Toretto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toretto. Yeah. yeah, he's in there somewhere. Maybe he's like the, the bent uh, prison warden or something. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know? nice. Yeah. I do have to go back to when Harry left Sally, or what we're going to call it. Would you... <laughs> no, when, no, when Sally left Harry. When Sally yeah, left yeah, Harry. Yeah. Would you... Because they, they will have to have nods to the first one. Would mm-hmm. the, you redo the orgasm scene in some way? I think maybe what would be funny, I would have Billy Crystal, and he's the only property that he can stay in is the flat that they bought or had that's sort of now a bit of a dive in it. Now it's in a hipster part of New York, and he has to go live with his grandson, and he hears his grandson having sex, and he hears the woman, (laughs) and he's like, dude, she was faking. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Here and and they come out and he's like and and the grandson's like sorry you had to hear that and he's like no that was fake that was fake. Those were Josh Weller's unequal sequels. I really enjoyed that, Dave. He's a very funny man. He's he's very funny and very passionate about movies. And just kind of very a lovely geeky. guest. Yeah, very geeky, bless him. But just a lovely guest to have on. Yeah, you know, I really just, enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed it as well. And didn't get worried that we had a few technical issues. We managed to solve those. You know, he, was, he wasn't he was flustered by that at all. We stayed uh, cool. Yeah, we all stayed cool. It was all frosty. <laughs> but yeah, he was, he was great. It was really, like we're really a pros at this podcast in business now. I know, right? God, like, we're getting good. You know, we've suddenly, uh, suddenly worked out what to do. <laughs> That is true. Uh, yeah, he's a massive Star, uh, Star Trek fan, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, like lots of lots of our guests are actually um, lots of the Star Trek fans out there. And I agree with him. I like Star Trek Beyond. I think it's a great film. Underrated in my book. Mm, definitely. Possibly my favorite of the three. Yeah. Oh, really? That trilogy. Okay. Yeah, well, it's definitely better than Into the Darkness. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I true. really enjoyed the third one, um, and everything he spoke about. I agree. Really, mm. he's a. Very funny. Have you watched his things about you too recently and taken, by the way? Uh, no, I haven't, but I need to kind of, I need to catch, catch that. Uh, I've seen Lots the video. Lots of U2 fans are very angry. <laughs> well, I'm not a U2 fan. I I'm am, and I think it's hilarious. I'm a U2 fan, so. <laughs> hilarious. He well. makes a fair point. Who would travel around <laughs> Europe following U2? 
Who would do that? <laughs> Who would do that? A young girl, apparently. Nah. The worst sequel. Predator 2. Pretty it's, it's bad. It's bad. It? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I don't think it's the worst film with Predator in it, personally. But, you know, it, it is bad. It is bad. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. And possibly my favourite ever uh, dream sequel. Mm. His ideas for... When Harry well, met Sally, yeah. But when when Sally... When Sally left Harry. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's a great idea. That is a cracker. That is an absolute cracker. That sometimes we land on we land on people's ideas for movies and we're like, oh, I hope that gets made. <laughs> like you can see it. You can see it. And I think, oh, if only I was a movie a movie guy, you know, if only I could make movies, I would definitely I see the be marketing that. behind it. It's very mm. clever. Yeah, absolutely. That's a brilliant name as well. So hopefully that's that gets made in the yeah. future. Uh, Rich, do you want to promote ourselves now? Or absolutely. So you can find us on all the social media business at unequal sequel on Twitter and at unequal sequel on Instagram. You can also send us a cheeky little email unequal sequel at hotmail dot com. Yeah, and also you can kind of give us little likes and subscriptions and five stars you can rate us on spotify now you can rate us on apple still you know subscribe to us and you'll never miss an episode yeah and thanks for all the people that have been doing that and all the people that have been listening and all the the nice support that we've been getting it's lovely thank you it is very nice thank you very much for that yeah yeah, carry on listening to all the episodes. We've got a lovely back catalogue now. So if you're new to this one and this is the first one you listen, go back and listen to the other, you know, there's a few. bunch. Yeah. yeah, I can't even bother to count. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. And we'll, we'll be back next week. Uh, so I've got nothing else to say. Rich, you got nothing else to say? No, that's it for me. That's it, that's it for me. So it's goodbye from me. Bye-bye. And a goodbye from him. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye.